As I was praying over this message this morning, knowing that it would be our July 4th message and sharing about this great nation and all that God has given us, I just, it just got longer and longer and longer. And finally I thought, Lord, that's going to be an awful lot on the overhead, the projector or the uh, screens and people are taking notes. It's going to take forever to get through this message. So you have the message in front of you and I'm going to encapsulate the message for you here. But what we're going to do today is talk about returning. The the word that I believe the Lord gave me is returning to our original intent. And if you don't know what your life is all about, you will wander through life. Sometimes you think you know what your life is all about. And then you get a little confused along the way and you stray away from the intent that God had for your life. And then hopefully you come back. Pastor Stanley over in the Sudan felt as a young man, he was called by God into ministry and then ended up in uh, alcohol and all sorts of challenges went up to Cairo one time as a, a young man still and was intercepted in Cairo by a lady who started Victory Bible Institute. He gave his heart to the Lord, went to Victory Bible Institute for two years. God spoke to him, told him what the meaning for his life was, and he got back to the original intent. Everybody say original intent. Original. It's a good thing to know and to continue to focus on. And there's no question in my mind in hearing from the Lord and just looking in the natural that the United States of America is in trouble. We have serious problems that we are facing. But they can all be solved by coming back to the basic premise that whatever the need, Jesus is the answer. It's not a party. It's not a person other than it is the person of Jesus Christ. And what happens is if you are not careful, you can very easily believe a lie. In the Garden of Eden, and, and, and if you understand the, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, God has always been into living and controlling land. And I'm, going, I'm not going to follow that outline, but I will cover a lot of it on it. But I really wanted you to have that. Because you and your children... And your grandchildren, unless they're in a private school somewhere, and not always even then, are not going to hear these words. If you don't research out what the original intent for America is and was, then we can't return to it. And children today need to know, and the books that you see referenced in there that I have on the podium, you can look at them after the service if you want. But we need to get reading material in the hands of our children so that they can understand what the original intent of this nation was. The original intent for God was for His people to occupy the Garden of Eden and stay there and live forever there. But because of sin, it was not because of an apple By the way, it doesn't even say apple in the Bible, it just says fruit. But it wasn't because the fruit was taken, it was because they violated God's word. Now certainly they were not to partake of the fruit, but if you violate the word of God, that is sin. Everybody say sin. Sin. 
is violating God's Word. If you want to be a people pleaser, you're going to have a hard time telling people what you're doing is sin. But when people are in sin and they don't know it, they need to be told. If they're in sin and they want to do it, you're free to do whatever you want. But you will remove yourself from the blessings of God if you enter into sin. Does that make sense to all of you? So therefore, being a person of average understanding, you'd say, if I sin, I don't get blessed by God. And if I don't sin, I get blessed by God. Hmm, I think I'll take not sinning. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look like you can get this message. Now, in the first service, I thought it went really well, but it was probably not uh, uh, the upbeat type message of normally what we have, and you can do it, and you can make it, and all, but really and truly, we can make it, and this country can change. It really can. I was reminded, as I said that earlier, of uh, the... uh, the uh, young Sunday school teacher or the Sunday school teacher who was teaching a children's class and said, what is the greatest commandment of all? What's the, no, what is the first commandment to all the little children? What's the first commandment? The little boy jumped up and said, I know. I said, what's that? I said, the first commandment was when Eve told Adam, eat that apple. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to tell your story? Okay. And uh, anyway, anyway, uh, we've been paying ever since. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But this is what the Lord, as I was preparing this message, and I thought, Lord, this is more of a history lesson than it is what we normally have. And, and again, I've heard this from the Lord before. So you would think I'd learn by now, but I, I think in some areas I'm a slow learner. Because when I'm, when I'm down praying and I'm, and I'm thinking, okay, God is saying this and I'm writing all this down. Then when I get done, I read it again. And I think, is that really God? <laughs> and and uh, you, Because how many of you know that that you hear something when you pray. You're just trying to figure out, did I really hear from God? Or is it just something that I did? After you've been saved for a while and you get enough word in you, you realize you're not going to do something that's totally bad. So, yes, good, but is it really God? Well, this is what I heard when I was really praying. Say, God, is this really you? You are hearing correctly. Don't back down. I'm calling you to decree my will. Return to the original intent both as a nation and as a church and as people. The original intent is for, the, uh, for uh, America to be a bright light to the world. You have the message in your heart. Let it flow. I'll help you organize it. I'll help you sort it all out. Just begin to let it flow. I will show you what to share. Sound the call and blow the trumpet of alarm. My country, America, is under attack. It isn't too late to change the course of America. But it is very, very late. Stay focused on the message that I'm giving you. Don't be moved by what others think or are saying. I am very disappointed with my people in America and in the world, but especially in America. America was set aside as a country to be a bright light to the world, a light that would continue to spread and reveal my son to the world. America is under attack and America is at war and many of my people are not even aware. The mighty men, my men, need to be awakened now. It is not too late for America, but it is very late. I have not been caught unaware, but many of my people have. I'm not finished with America, but many in America are trying to be finished with me. 
It isn't too late, but it is late. And then he took me to 2 Chronicles 7.14, which is a scripture that most of you know in this church. But if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will heal their prayers and I, I will hear their prayers and I will heal their land. And it just exploded in my spirit again. That's not talking about the people that are sinners and doing bad. That's talking to the Christian community today. We know that was an old covenant word, but that's talking to the people of God today. Where is the church? Where are the people of God who are supposed to be running this nation? We are a nation that was given great responsibility. And just as God gave the children, Adam and Eve, the garden to occupy, Adam was called to protect, keep the garden. That word means to protect. He was called to keep and protect the garden. The Christian community and the churches in America were called by God to keep this nation as a Christian nation where people of any faith or no faith would be able to come to worship or not to worship. You want to come and live a life without sin, live it. If you want to come and live a life with sin, live it. Whatever you want to do, do it. But it is not changing the foundation of this message, or this nation. Does that make sense to all of you? Now, we should pray for those people in office. We love them, we pray for them, but we do not accept what they say if it's contrary to Scripture and contrary to the Word of God. You say amen to that? I'm going to have to get you to say amen because otherwise it gets pretty heavy in here, doesn't it? Okay, turn to your neighbor and say, so far pretty heavy. (laughs) Heavy stuff. But we have a president who uh, several years ago declared that we are no longer a Christian nation. And those of you that were in that church during that period of time heard me say, I bound his words and I declare him null and void. He is wrong. This is a Christian nation. He can think whatever he thinks. I have no problem with that. He can declare anything he wants. But we are declaring his words are wrong. They are null. They are void. This is a Christian nation where people of any faith can worship any way they want or don't worship. Whatever you want to do. We are not changing God's will for this message because you, anybody, thinks something different. And I'm going to show you in just a moment. If you don't understand the original intent then you'll stray away from the original intent and you'll listen to the wrong voice. Let me see the hands of all the people, and if your neighbor doesn't raise their hand, raise it for them, who've ever listened to the wrong voice. Okay, so far, so good. And the devil comes about, and he says to Eve, did God really say? And then he comes around again and says, well, is it really a Christian nation? Well, I don't think so. I know a Muslim, and he's a nice guy, so what the heck? They must be okay. You know the first war America fought when, after our independence? A lot of people don't realize this. First war we ever fought after our independence was uh, with Islam, and it was in Tripoli. And it was because they were attacking all of our ships that were coming through there and holding the people for ransom. And and, uh, I have a quote in here by, uh, uh, I think it was President Jefferson. And said, the biggest challenge that America has, this is in in the 1700s, biggest challenge America has is with the Koran and Sharia law. 
not with people, but with the Koran and Sharia law. That was in the 1700s. Look at where we have come full circle historically because if you don't learn from history, history will? Say it again. History will? So what is the original intent for America? Well, some people, good, well-meaning people, believe that, well, you know, it's not a Christian nation. People can do whatever they want, and you know, what the heck, it doesn't really matter. Well, it does matter to God because this is His country. And recently, well, not recently, it was about three years ago, I was part of a group, and I I finally got away from the group, but I was part of a group that, that there's a bunch of pastors, and we all come together, and everybody would say what they thought. And when I come away, I thought, this is one confusing group. It seems like we all think differently. And uh, it just wasn't really flowing well. And and the subject of being a Christian nation came up, and it was my last meeting that I attended, and, and, and one very prominent pastor said, America is not a Christian nation. An inanimate object cannot be Christian. Well, I understood from a scientific standpoint what he was talking about. Have you ever been around people that seem so intellectual you just like to blow up their mind and give them a new one? (laughs) That's how Europe got in such trouble. They went through a period of enlightenment, especially France. They have the answer. It's all based on hedonism, and I'm going to give you an example of that in just a moment. If it feels good, do it. Let me see the hands of all the people who have a body. <laughs> well, well, wait, wait. <laughs> well, my guy, you all have a body. <laughs> that if you allow it, it will subscribe quickly to if it feels good, do it. Yeah, <laughs> half of you. The other half are lying. <laughs> You've got the scriptures in front of you. <clears throat> Matthew 5, let your light shine, glorify God. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is no nation on the face of the earth that has the liberty given to it and letting that liberty flow from it than America, our, our Statue of Liberty, welcoming people from all over the world to this nation. But what happens is that Back to this meeting, uh, I think I have the wrong scripture there. I think it says Psalm 1611, but somebody check it out. Isn't that Psalms 2411? Would you check out Psalms 2411 for me real quickly? 2411, right? Or 24-1. Oh, I was way off. Okay. Well, on number D there in Roman number two, that's Psalms 24-1. The earth and the fullness thereof belong to God. Let's all say this. The earth... It's not an inanimate object. It is a growing, living birth object that God birthed. The earth belongs to God. So let's all say it. The earth belongs to God. The earth and the fullness thereof belong to Almighty God. And if you understand how God operates all the way back to the Abrahamic covenant and the nation of Israel, that was a land covenant with God's people, giving them also covenant rights to land. People in the, in, in the middle, middle East think that uh, Israel shouldn't exist. Not only should they exist, they only have a portion of the land that belongs to them. People are really going to get ticked off when God gives them all the land that belongs to them, and that's going to happen toward the end of the time. God is going to restore Israel right back to where it was. One of the greatest miracles that ever happened 
was May the 14th, 1948, when a nation that had ceased to exist because of sin, Israel ceased to exist. 1948, they became a nation. First nation on the face of the earth to be instrumental in birthing that nation, the United States of America. Harry Truman was the first leader of any country to recognize the sovereign rights of Israel. 1776, the United States of America, I believe, was birthed by the hand of God. George Washington believed it was the hand of God. Thomas Jefferson believed it was the hand of God. Our founders believed it was the hand of God. And if you will look at the last page of this <clears throat> handout that you have, in this original intent by David Barton. David Barton is probably one of the foremost historians in America today on the history and original intent of America. Every house should have original intent by David Barton. Barton. The original 13, the Founder's Bible, the light and the glory about Christopher Columbus and his diary and how Christopher Columbus believed God sent him to America. George Washington's life story of sacred fire, how he believed that he was saved continually from the work of the enemy during the Revolutionary War, sacred fire, treasury of presidential quotations. You will never believe until you read our quotations of George Washington on up into the present, how quotations and their stand on uh, Christian Judeo ethics have, have changed over the years. Lives of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, the myth of separation of church and state. There is no separation of church and state in our Constitution. It is not there. And then the book, Rules for Radicals. I want to share this with you. And I know it's going to sound like I'm talking about certain people, and I'm really not. But I'll tell you, somebody told me one time, well, you shouldn't say that because it makes the person look bad. And my response was, no, what I'm saying doesn't make the person look bad. What the person did made the person look bad. How many of you realize you have a tendency to be a people pleaser if you don't watch yourself? You don't want to upset anybody. You don't want to offend anybody. Oh, well, I don't want them to feel bad about themselves. Folks, if somebody's going to walk off a cliff, you need to grab them and jerk them back and let them feel as bad as they want, but save them from walking off that cliff. We have people in our country, I, I personally believe, this is my own personal opinion, so turn to your neighbor and tell them, this is his personal opinion. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to listen. Well, you do have to listen because you don't have a choice. I'm going to talk. It's like my wife said one time. You said, I don't have to do what you say, right? And I said, no, that's, no. What did you say? You can't tell me what to do. And I said, you're wrong. I just did. She said, well, I'm not going to do it. And I said, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But it makes me feel good to tell her. <laughs> How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? But you better pick and choose what you tell them. <laughs> So anyway, this book is, uh, I, oh, here, where, where I was going. I believe that there are demonic forces assigned to Washington, D.C. I believe most of them live inside the Beltway. And I believe good men and women have gone to Washington, D.C. with great intentions, walking right into a demonic stronghold. And if they're not strong in the Word and the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit, there are good men and women leading this nation. And there are bad men and women. 
who have been infiltrated by the devil. Now, it's the devil, it's not the person. But don't get confused in casting the devil out of a person. It needs to go one way or the other. And what, what we have to do is to understand that the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. The devil is good at what he does. We can talk about his defeat all we want, but he's still around. And he's very good at what he does. The devil walked into the Garden of Eden and destroyed God's plan, his original plan for mankind in that garden. If you ever understand what God wanted to do in that garden, it was euphoric. Man wasn't even going to have to work. It was a beautiful thing, and man could do anything he wanted as long as he just stayed in that one commandment, not partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But, But the devil deceived Eve. The devil deceived Adam. And they both, I don't even think they were deceived. I really, they, they said they were deceived. I believe that they knew what God told them to do and they didn't do it. I don't believe that's deception. I think it's stupidity. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, you just got to love them. <laughs> I don't think that's deception. It's like, it's, it's like you go up there and uh, like our time in the, um, Disney World in Florida. It walked up to that, that sign, and it said, wet paint. And you know what I did. You've been around long enough. You've heard the story before. And I looked at the sign, and I looked at the sign. It's wet paint. <laughs> yeah, do not touch wet paint. Do not touch wet paint. Well, I don't know about you, but I do not touch wet paint sign draws me. <laughs> I thought, surely it's not still wet. I've done that before, and it's like, it's not wet. That sign doesn't mean anything. But this time it did. <laughs> it was wet paint. But, but what happens is if you do something that you know God tells you not to do, I don't think you were deceived by the devil. But the devil did come and say to Eve, did God really say? How many of you have a mind that tries to reason away things that you don't totally understand? But God said, don't lean to your understanding. So therefore, when God speaks to you, instead of trying to figure it out, you're just supposed to do it. Everybody say, this is really easy. But we have a lot of our leadership in Washington that subscribe to a book that they say changed their life. It's called Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. Saul Alinsky, I I don't know who he was other than what I've read about him, and I've read this book. Uh, He he was uh, a Marxist. Uh, He certainly was not what we would call a born-again Christian. Uh, This is one of the pages. The organizer is in a true sense reaching for the highest level for which man can reach. That's to create and be a good creator and to play God. Ego must be so all-pervading that the personality of the organizer is contagious that it converts the people from despair to defiance, creating a mass ego. We have leaders in Washington that say this book influenced one of the greatest books that influenced their life on how America should be changed. Now, that sentence I read to you was bad enough. But this is the page where you dedicate the book to people who have influenced your life. This is one of the dedications Lest we forget at least an over-the-shoulder acknowledgement to the very first radical 
from all our legends, mythology, and history, and who is to know where mythology leaves off and history begins or which is which. The first radical known to man who rebelled against the establishment and did it so effectively that he at least won his own kingdom. Lucifer. Men and women in the United States government at the very top believe that this book influenced their life on how to radically change America. It's not a political message. It's not a Democrat, Republican, an independent, a libertarian. It's Jesus Christ. You either line up with Jesus or you don't. This is a Christian nation and we have documented in our founding fathers and in the books the things that they had to say about this nation. I don't need to read all of them to you, but Christopher Columbus talked about how he felt the Holy Spirit led him to America. The Mayflower Compact having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith, a voyage to plant the first colony in Virginia. Patrick Henry talking about how this country was founded by Christians. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, freedom of worship here. The Congress of the United States recommended in 1782 the Bible for the American people, that every household would have one. A lot of people don't realize this, but the Bible could not be printed in America under the edict of the English because we were a colony and they didn't want us reading the Bible. It had to be imported from England. First thing they did when we became a free nation, they started ordering Bibles from other countries, and they started printing their own Bibles so that every American and every school would have the Bible. Now, how do we go from having the Bible in our schools, having prayer in our schools, not having the Bible, and not having prayer? How do we have the Supreme Court with the Ten Commandments on their walls in there, and our Christian Judeo laws are based on the Ten Commandments, but you can't read the Ten Commandments in school, or you can't have the Ten Commandments in public. That is because we started to stray away from our original intent. How many of you are on the Internet? How many of you believe everything you read on the Internet? I hope that lack of show of hands is true. But there are so many people that are Internet junkies if it said it on the internet, it said it. Channel 8 said it. NBC said it. CBS said it. Folks, there are a lot of people that have been persuaded by the devil that, ah, God didn't really mean it that way. They're not bad people, but they're doing bad things. And they're leading our country in the wrong direction. Supreme Court of the United States of America. No free government now exists in the world unless Christianity is acknowledged and is the religion of the country. Its foundations are broad and strong and deep. It's the purest system of morality, pure, purest auxiliary, and the only stable support of all human laws. Christianity is part of the common law. That was the Supreme Court. Typo there, 1826 was the year. Supreme Court, 1844. The purest principles of morality are to be taught in schools. Where are they found? Whoever searches for them must go to the source from which a Christian man derives his faith, the Bible. Oh, glory to God. I think we ought to give the Lord a hand for that one. 
or maybe the Supreme Court, not the Lord. The Lord doesn't need a hand. First Justice of the Supreme Court, John Jay, Providence has given to our people the choice of their rulers. It is the duty of a Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. 1847, the Church of the Holy Trinity got into an argument with the uh, Attorney General of the United States. I won't say any more. But some of you already know what I'm thinking. The United States Attorney General lost because the U.S. Supreme Court said this. No purpose of action against religion can be imputed to any legislation, state or national, because this is a religious people. This is a Christian nation. Now, we have before the Supreme Court right now, and they will be rendering their verdict Monday, I believe, at 10 a.m., whether or not Hobby Lobby has a case that they have presented that as a Christian company, they do not want to be involved with any kind of providing for abortion pills, the pill of the morning after, whatever they call that thing. It's going to be absolutely fundamental to our nation as to whether or not the Supreme Court rules with the Christian Judeo ethics that we possess are with the agenda that is trying to take us away from the things of God. Father, we pray for the Supreme Court, although it's already done, but we pray that that, that would be favorable for Hobby Lobby in Jesus' name. And everybody that agreed said. Amen. Now, the devil wants to destroy our nation. How many of you believe that? First yeah. Peter 5, 8, and 9 says, The devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy. Who can he destroy? He'll destroy anybody who doesn't know the power and authority and dominion that they've been given and come back to the original tent for their life. Genesis chapter 3, what has God said? Devil hasn't changed. Is America a Christian nation? He's asking people that. He's trying to convince them they're not. The devil was the first self-centered narcissist. Unfortunately, America and the world is now full of them. Now, why did we lose our way? Well, John 8:32 says, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Your children and your grandchildren, and maybe you're old enough to have great-great-grandchildren, they're not getting this in school, unless you got them in a private school. And not even then, I'm sure they're getting it. You've got to get the right books and the right things at home for your children to read, and you've got to tell them. Because America is a republic. We are a republic based on a form of government in which the power resides with the people. The people that are elected to office in the executive and the, and the legislative, they are representing you. Now, you might say, well, no, 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 they're not representing you. Yes, they are representing you. And you might say, well, those are not my beliefs. That's fine, but they're representing you. And if you don't have a voice and if you're not doing something proactive, you are part of the problem. Turn to the neighbor and say, I really love him. <laughs> now, I want you to look at the average lifespan of civilizations. I used this several years ago. It's the first little handout where it says, where is America in the following cycle of nations? The average lifespan of most great civilizations is 200 years. We are currently at 238 years. We are probably one of the greatest miracles in the world of a civilized nation. Number one, they go from bondage to spiritual faith. Number two, they go from spiritual faith to great courage. 
courage. Number three, from courage to liberty. Number four, from liberty to abundance. Number five, from abundance to complacency. Number six, from complacency to apathy. Number seven, from apathy to dependence. And number eight, from dependence right back to bondage again. You can pick out where you think the United States is in this cycle of civilizations. But if someone were to ask me, I would say we're probably number five and possibly quickly approaching number six. I believe we have, we're going from abundance to total complacency. Hey, if it doesn't affect me, what the heck? Pretty soon there'll be apathy and pretty soon there'll be dependence. But then the other thing I want to show you is what's called, it's from a 1947 book, Family and Civilization, and it, and it chronicles the fall of the Roman Empire. Roman Empire was a republic that had a lot of struggles, but tried to become a republic and a free nation. And they had a lot of great things going for it. But these are the things that chronicle the fall of the Roman civilization. Number one, no-fault divorce. Number two, increased disrespect for parenthood and parents. Number three, meaningless marriage rites and ceremonies. Number four, definition of past national heroes. Number five, acceptance of alternative marriage forms. Number six, widespread attitudes of feminism, narcissism, and hedonism. Narcissism, undue dwelling on oneself and attainments, hedonism, doctrine that pleasure is the chief good in life. We face that definitely in our country today. Seven, propagation of anti-family sentiments. Eight, acceptance of most forms of adultery. Nine, rebellious children. Ten, increased juvenile delinquency. Common acceptance of all forms of sexual perversion. Folks, we are living in that type of a situation. Now, the five areas that I believe the Lord has shown me, and I preached this several, about two years ago, when it was, it was a wake up, stand up, speak up, and sometimes we're going to have to act up. But the things that I believe are directly in opposition to God, that are getting God's attention, and God will judge the nations. A lot of people say, well, we live in a dispensation of grace. Don't think that you can push God too far. There will be a time when God will judge America. And I believe the number one thing that we have in America today that God absolutely detests is abortion on demand. Millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of babies have been murdered. Murdered for convenience sake. God is eventually going to weigh in on that. The destruction of the sanctity of marriage absolutely contrary to the will of God and the Word of God. Men don't marry men. Women don't marry women. The sanctity of marriage, marriage is between a man and a woman. Number three, immorality. Now I want to share this because I want to make it clear as the pastor of this church. Homosexuality and lesbianism is a sin. We have had, and possibly still have, homosexuals in our church and lesbians in our church. They are welcome. We love them. But we do not confuse love with accepting sin. Does that make sense to you? In other words, you cannot placate people 
by trying to be a people pleaser, by saying, we don't want to make you feel bad about yourself. No, any immorality of that nature is sin. But the sinner is loved and accepted, but the sin is not. Does that make sense? Now, some people say, well, I don't feel comfortable going somewhere where they think what I'm doing is a sin. Duh. What are we going to preach if we don't do that? That's what's happened to America. We're preaching the gospel. In the nation of Sweden today, it is a hate crime to preach against homosexuality and lesbianism. I'm telling you, homosexuality and lesbianism and gay marriage is sin. God said so in His Word of God. That settles the issue. Now, do we love the people? Yes, we love the people. Send them all in here and let them get saved and let them get filled with the Holy Ghost and let them get the Word of God and let them look and see the truth and let them find the conviction of the Holy Spirit because ultimately all sin is between an individual and God. Can you say amen to that? And it's the Holy Spirit that convicts. But if the Holy Spirit is not free to convict, then nobody's ever convicted and they think they're doing the right thing. I believe with all my heart, Adam, or not Adam, but Eve, I believe Eve thought she was okay. I don't think she looked at it and said it was the devil. I think she had this thought. And the devil, like a serpent, was there. And said, oh, yeah, what the heck? I, I don't, not that big a deal. Well, it was a big deal because we're still paying for it today. And Adam says, well, it was good enough for her. It's good enough for me. And all of a sudden, there you go, just like America and just like other nations of the world. Number four, debt. $17 million, probably more than that today. We, we'll never pay our debt. We are in debt the rest of our life. The only way America can ever get out of that debt is to go bankrupt. That is the only way. It'll never be paid off. And number five, Israel. Israel is the apple of God's eye. Don't you ever, ever criticize Israel. That is God's sovereign nation. He loves the nation of Israel. Now, you say, well, why are you telling me all this stuff? Well, when you read this, the book of Radicals, and you realize, man, we are under attack, and we got people living that book right now. You read this, and it's the lives of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, and it tells us what all of our children should be learning in school, which they won't. The original signers of this, the uh, myth of uh, separation of church and state. It does not exist anywhere in, in our constitution. See, a republic is a, it has a constitution. And you look at all of these things and you say, wow, this is great. Presidential quotations from the very beginning of George Washington all the way up talking about Jesus and talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. That's almost unheard of today. The light and the glory chronicling the diary of Christopher Columbus. All of these things, not just these books, but books like these should be in every household so that we can train our children. I don't remember who said this. I think it was Abraham Lincoln. That the children that our schools are training today are the leaders of our country tomorrow. Today, one of the most dangerous, this is my personal opinion, one of the most dangerous places to send your children is college. Be careful. Make sure you know what you're doing. If you've got a child in college, you probably don't have a choice. Pray for them. But there are so many people that are absolutely contrary to the Word of God that they're doing everything they can to infiltrate young, open minds who want to learn and have a desire to be everything that they can be. And we know that's what God wants them to be. 
the colleges are very dangerous and the public school system is very dangerous. Now, we have a lot of good teachers, Christian teachers in the public school system. We have them right here in this church. And, and I understand that. And I understand the challenge they have. But you can never compromise what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Turn to your neighbor and say, never compromise. I'm not saying grab something out of the Bible and say, I tell you what, if I cost me my job, I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Don't ever compromise. If God tells you to do something, do it. God tells you to say something, say it, because it could set the people free that are going to hear it. Now, so far, it sounds like a lot of heaviness, but there is hope. Tell your neighbor, there is hope. Okay, let's look. What can we do? I ask you this question. If everybody's doing what you're doing right now, would the company or would the country be better off? For many of us, we probably would say, I think I could do more. Maybe I could be a little bit more informed. Maybe I could pray a little bit more. Maybe I could understand a little bit more about binding and loosing. Now, my wife sometimes laughs at me, but this is true. I am a Fox News junkie. I watch Fox News all the time. I want to stay informed because I know how to pray. And she will say sometimes, I'll be walking through the house, she says, I bind that in the name of Jesus. And sometimes I use some words I shouldn't use. But I tell you what, I am binding and loose. I'm every once in a while. Have any of you ever slipped and said a word you shouldn't have said? But you meant it anyway? Well, this happens sometimes. And, and uh, it, it's like, what, who do those people think they are? They work for me. They work for you. And when the president of the United States said this is no longer a Christian nation, I was absolutely enraged. Who do you think you are? I bind those words in the name of Jesus. I bind them. I declare them null and void. Years ago, we had a preacher in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Bensonita Hosa. Some of you may or may not know him. He's, he's gone on to be with the Lord years ago, but he was a powerful man of God. And he always wore these, he was a big man. He's about 6'4". But he wore these flowing African robes. He's Nigerian. And, and uh, I had a chance to spend a little time around him one time. He's a wonderful guy, but man, uh, he's almost, he, he's, he's not scary, but you wouldn't want to have a lot of sin in your life being around him because it looked like he just... <laughs> He's just that kind of guy, yeah. And, and he'd have these flowing robes, and he'd get in. Somebody get up during one of his messages when he'd come to victory. Sit back down there. The Holy Spirit's not done yet. Sit down there. We were in one message. This lady was chewing gum. She says, you, he's standing up there preaching. He said, you look like a cow with a curd or something. Get rid of that gum. Oh, my God. We almost fainted. And the, and the lady's like, <laughs> she got rid of her gum. He, he was, he was, he was, he's the most, I guess dynamic is the right word. I've never met a man like this guy. President of Nigeria, they had a big election over this about 20 years ago. Nigeria is, is really fighting for, for their independence, really, because it's a Christian nation with a lot of Christian people, but they also have a heavy Islamic influence in the north. And uh, I've got a friend over there in Nigeria. But, uh, the, 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 in the election, it was a very close election, and the man who became, who won the election was a Muslim. And so he went on national television, and he said, I now declare Nigeria a Muslim nation. 
So Bensonita Hosa called the radio stations about all the time he could, went on TV and said, I now bind the words of the president of Nigeria. I declare them null and void. We are still a Christian nation. I want all of you to contact the president immediately, go to the Capitol, and people by the thousands and thousands and thousands responded. And about two weeks later, the president, the new president of uh, of Nigeria, the Muslim, went back on television and said, I now rescind my order. We are still a Christian nation. Now, yeah, hallelujah, glory to God. Let that type of, of, of people rise up in America today. So what can we do? Well, number one, we've got to pray and repent. Second Chronicles 7.14 is talking to the church. The reason America is in the shape it's in today is not because of sin. Sin has always been around. The reason we have a problem is because the church has not been proactive as it was with the original intent. The schoolhouse in the beginning was the church. The penal institution in the beginning was the church. Everything was birthed out of the church. When we went to war, the Black Robe Regiment came out of the church and the pastor saying, taxation without representation is not right and we cannot live our life that way. We cannot be imposed upon our Christian values. And that's when it all began to change. It's still not too late. I believe what God said. It's not too late, but it's very, very late. Or what I've heard some people say, it's not over till the fat lady sings. But I can hear her warming up. <laughs> that's, that's how that goes. Number two, realize that you have authority. I've shared this a lot. Matthew 16, 19 does not say we describe all the challenges. Matthew 16, 19 says we have been given the authority by Almighty God to bind and to loose. What we bind is bound on earth bound in heaven, and what we loose is loosed on earth and loosed in heaven. We're talking about the heavenlies. We're not talking about setting God's house in order. God's house is in order. We're talking about the heavenlies where the demonic warfare is going on for nations, for civilization, for countries. The devil is real. And the powers and principalities, although they've been defeated, they're still real. The devil has been defeated, but he's still real. And we have to walk in our authority. Let's all say, I have authority. Every time you hear something contrary to the Word of God, you have the ability to bind that immediately. But what happens is we let it go. I've been guilty of it, and I would say most of you have been too. We let it go instead of taking our spiritual principle that says there's no distance in the realm of the Spirit. So what we bind is bound because of our authority. So let's all say it. I have authority. Tell your neighbor, you have authority. You may wonder, well, who am I all alone by myself? You'll never know till you get to heaven. Number three, be bold, speak up, and be informed. I am amazed. Now turn to your neighbor and say, I know he's not talking about you. I am amazed at the number of uninformed people with their head in the sand who just don't want to be bothered. Oh, come on now, get off of it. Can't we do something else or talk about something else? When you're at war... It's no time to take a break. It's time to be at war. And we are, whether you want to believe it or not, we are at war for the conscience of our nation. We really are. 
It is absolute war. And uh, Matthew eleven twelve talks about that, how the violent take it by force. You look at that word violent, doesn't mean you go get a gun, shoot somebody. That means active, energetic, and alive. So when it says the violent take it by force, the active, energetic, active people, I said that twice, active, energetic, enthusiastic people are the ones who proclaim what they know is true. Number four, never give up. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He's going to strengthen us in this battle because the battle truly belongs to the Lord, but He wants His people to engage. This is not going to be like the Garden of Eden. I believe with all of my heart that there's still hope for America. I really do. But I do believe what God said. It is late. Number five, always remember our fight is the fight of faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Have faith in God. Apostle Paul said, I finished my race. I fought the good fight. I fought the fight of faith. What we've got to do is pray for our country like never before. Now, I want, I want to encourage all of you today as we dismiss. I don't know how many of you have ever read the Declaration of Independence, uh, the Constitution that our nation is based on, why we have been around for 238 years. But I would say many people in America have not read both of them all the way through. Uh, this comes from the Heritage Foundation. I encourage you all to take copies of that, read it, pray over it, and believe for the very best. And then every Tuesday for a number of years, Pam has been in here with a couple of girls, Chris and Sue, thank God, praying for the nation of Israel. We have prayed for Israel for years. Israel is the apple of God's eye. The, the, the covenant they have with God is going to be settled between them and God, so don't get your eyes off on that. They are God's people. God loves them. And they still have a, a covenant right now, the oldest covenant in the world, the Abrahamic covenant. <clears throat> but also... We're going to begin to pray for America. And on Tuesdays, Tuesday mornings from 6.30 a.m. till 7.30 a.m., we will be praying for America. And we'll be praying for Israel. And I believe that as we stay informed and as we walk in our authority and our dominion to bind and loose, that we're going to see changes made in this nation. I believe there are men and women who love America, who are deceived and just need somebody praying and interceding for them so they can get a revelation of the truth. I believe there are men and women, even in Washington, who are good men and women who love God and who love this country and want this country to be returned to its original intent. They just need people praying for them. And I believe that our praying will make a difference. And I'm going to ask all of you to pray about getting some of these books. These books I've read, they're powerful. They're, 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 they will bring revelation into your family. And when I think about Jack, uh, my, my grandson Jack over here and Carter both, they love money. Uh, they don't particularly like to read a lot, but they love money. And uh, so is that true, Jack? You, what, what, would, what would you rather do, read a book or have 20 bucks? <laughs> if you didn't hear, he said it'd have 20 bucks. But, uh, but I came up with, I, I started this a couple years ago. Uh, I, I started paying them to read some books. And, uh, and, and I thought, is that really right? And I thought, well, the effort, all I want them to do is read certain books. Because I know the books they need that will change their life. I, know, I don't know why this makes me cry. Midlife crisis. <laughs> I don't, I, 
but I, I won't always be around to influence them. Neither will you. But I can think of my grandfather's influence in my, my life. The country that my grandfather told me about does not exist today. But it could. Let's all stand. It could if we would rise up and take the mantle. And if it cost me 20 bucks a book for Jack to learn the things that people helped me learn, it's going to be a good investment, Jack. <laughs> I'm thinking already which one I'm going to start with. <laughs> You'll be amazed at the power of influence how much influence you have in your sphere of influence. And if all of us use that power, then it becomes multiplied many times over. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I want to ask you a question. Do you know where you will spend eternity? All, all of our days on this earth are numbered, and the time will come when we will enter into eternity. Hell was reserved and made for the devil, never for mankind. It is God's will that every person has eternal life with him in heaven. But if you're here today and you've never acknowledged Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the moment that I know the Holy Spirit is reaching out to you. And you may be here and you say, I've never asked Jesus to come into my life. Or you may be here today and you're like the prodigal son, the prodigal daughter. You know you've walked away from the things of God. God loves you, but he's calling you home. And all over this church, if you'd say, Pastor, you've described me. I, I know my life isn't right. I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand. And we're going to pray for you. Yes, yes, I see your hand, yes. Are there others? The Holy Spirit will be moving and touching your heart. Yes, over here, yes, I see your hand. Are there others you say, you, you may be here and you say, I don't even know what you're talking about. Then you need to have your hand raised because when the Holy Spirit comes in and births your spirit, man, you will. Are there others you say, I know, I know I need that prayer. We're going to wait just a moment. Holy Spirit, are there others you say, pray for me? Now, maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you know you need to be down here. Everyone that lifted your hand, would you quickly come down here? We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at Victory Lafayette. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. 
I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.